Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast. I'm Haley Luckadoo, educator, website designer, wedding planner, and big dreamer who took a hobby business born out of a college dorm room and turned it into a successful multi-business empire. I run on hard work and Dr. Pepper, and if it comes in pink, you better believe I want it. This podcast is for women in almost any industry who want the resources and inspiration to do what sets their soul on fire. I'll interview women who are exceptional at what they do to bring you the tools and knowledge that you need to succeed and to create the life you dream of. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Females on Fire. Today's episode is going to be fun. I am talking with Katherine McDermott and she started Slightly Savvy, which is a PR firm for bloggers and influencers. Katherine is also the host of the Swipe Up podcast and she has done a ton of amazing things working in publicity, including working for HGTV's Property Brothers. So she has had an incredible journey to get here. So we're going to be talking with her today about influencer marketing, what that is, and how it might apply to you. So Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Haley, thanks so much for having me. That was such a nice intro. (laughs) Thanks. Well, tell everybody the bigger story. Where did you come from? How did you get started? And how did you wind up here? Yeah, sure. So I got started in PR basically in college. Um, I was in a sorority at Florida State University down in Florida, and I desperately wanted to be our recruitment chair um, and do sorority recruitment for our sorority. But um, I didn't get voted into that position. I got voted into the vice president of public relations. And I actually had no idea what PR was about. Um, I really had no interest in it at all, but I wanted to live in my sorority house and I wanted a parking spot. Uh, So I said, sure, I'll take the position. Let's do it. So I started doing PR for my sorority uh, my junior year of college. And that year at Florida State, we had a very interesting year. We won the football national championship. Um, If you're in the South, you know, like what a big deal that is. It is such a huge deal. So we won that. Um, Then we also actually had a school shooting. And then we also had a um, ESPN Jameis Winston case that was completely like nationwide. Um, ESPN was literally at Florida State like every single day doing interviews with students and all this stuff. So weirdly enough, it was a year where there was a lot of national media attention on Florida State. And as a result, a lot of Greek life got dragged into it. And since I was our liaison with the media, I actually got a lot of media training and I was basically a a publicist in a way for our sorority. And I really got to learn what that was, especially in times of crisis, uh, like with our school shooting. So it was interesting experience to get as a college student, but it really made me interested in public relations. So as I did that position, I actually picked up a second major in addition to English, and I graduated with a double major in PR and English. I basically started in public relations right out of college. I um, started managing the PR department for a tech startup in Florida, 
And it started as a small team. Eventually it grew um, to over $200 million in revenue. We worked with BuzzFeed, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times. We were doing tons of press and media and publicity in all these really cool places. We were almost acquired by Twitter. And it was just a really great place to get um, some more experience with like the press and publicity and media side of things, especially at such a large scale. After that, I did do um, the Property Brothers. I was their director of marketing and communications for a small startup that they started that was eventually absorbed by their company. Um, so I worked with YouTubers and Instagrammers and influencers that they had connections with. I traveled out to LA about once a month for a week to um, stay over there and work with them. So that was really, really fun. And kind of in the background of all of this, I had started writing about PR for influencers on my blog, just because there were so many moments like working with brands where I looked at them making these crazy old advertising decisions. There was mo one moment with a brand where they wanted to do a radio ad and then they wanted to work with influencers. And the radio ad cost them $30,000. And the influencer work that they wanted to do, they basically wanted it as cheap as possible, like $100 like maximum. They basically just wanted to do it as cheap as possible. So I was kind of like, you know, I think we should not do this, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, they ended up doing the radio ad for $30,000 and they ended up working with a handful of influencers for literally several hundred dollars each. The results that they got from those influencers were so much, so were just so much more than the results that they got from that radio ad. I think our final results from the radio spot were literally like 11 clicks to the website, which makes those clicks like $3,000 link clicks, which is absolutely insane. Um, so I just really started thinking like, wow, I wish that influencers knew how to articulate their own value. I wish they knew how to communicate with brands. Um, and I just wish that they knew more about what we do so they can speak our language, speak to our higher level marketing people, um, and just basically land their paid brand deals, land these long-term partnerships that they want, that they also really deserve because they create, they create amazing content that drives amazing results. So that's how I kind of got into my own business with influencers. I just started sharing that info um, and then it kind of evolved into a full-time thing. So I have been doing Slightly Savvy and the podcast and everything since last year, um, beginning of last year, full-time. So I'm now like a year and three months into it. And I think that's pretty much my story of how I got here. That's awesome. I love that you started out with basically no interest in this field whatsoever. That's so funny that, you know, you, you started working with your sorority and you were like, well, I just want the parking spot. So I'm going to take it. And it worked out and turned into this incredible journey and this incredible career that you've had. Cause I mean, working with BuzzFeed and Forbes and the Property Brothers. I mean, all of that is so exciting and not a lot of people can say that they've done everything that you've done. So I think it's so cool how you got started because it's not your like traditional, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur kind of. Oh, part. absolutely. Yeah. I, I say all the time that when I first picked up my second major in public relations, if you would have asked me like, what would you be doing in four years? I probably would have been like, yeah, climbing the ranks at an agency or or doing something like that, like something a little bit more traditional. I definitely would not have imagined me like sitting in my home office that like was our was our third bedroom. Um, you know, like working with now like a team of six and, and doing all of this stuff. I never ever would have imagined that. 
Um, so yeah, it, I thank God, you know, that my whole sorority apparently saw something in me that I didn't even know I wanted to do. Right. I love too, that you, you know, you had this really incredible career. You were working with all of these companies and you just kind of saw that, you know, I wish influencers had the resources to know how to do this. And so that's what sparked you to create your own company. I love that you saw that need and knew that you were the person that could fill it. And it's turned into such a great business for you. That's so cool. Yeah. I, this wasn't like two, maybe two and a half years ago that, um, I was working with those brands and this was kind of when influencer marketing was really kind of picking up that mainstream attention, um, which would, I guess be like 2016, 2015, maybe that's off. That's a little bit later, but it was around that time that influencer marketing, I feel like was kind of picking up this mainstream where now even people who are not in our industry, they know about social media influencers. They know about YouTube creators and things like that. But this was kind of in the early days where I think a lot of brands were unsure of like how to work with influencers. And there were a few that were really killing it and doing really well. Like, I don't know how much you follow cupcakes and cashmere. It was a blog that was started in like 2008 and it was actually acquired by a huge media company. So her influencer platform was acquired by a huge um, media company itself. So that was one of the first, I guess, kind of like um, points where I think people were like, influencers are really something we need to pay attention to. And from my side, I just saw so much unfairness that I just thought was unfair where these influencers had these followings and these platforms and these audiences And then they were working with brands and they were working with them for like $200. And that might seem like an awful lot to post on Instagram, but when you would do the same kind of campaign, like on Facebook or through Instagram ads, you would be paying, you know, $8,000 or or just something so, so much more. And influencers were so much more effective and just, they drove so many more results. So it just felt unfair to me that they were getting paid so little. And I was just like, wow, I wish that they just knew how to ask for more or why to ask for more or why, you know, there is so much value in what they do. I just wish that they knew that info. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how I got into my own side of my business. Yeah, that's so cool. I love it. I love that you've got this this passion and this drive to just help people. I mean, that's literally what you're doing. So this is so cool. I love it. Yeah, thanks. I, I definitely feel sometimes I, I forget. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we all forget about the impact sometimes of the things that we do. But one um, influencer I work with messaged me the other day and she was like, I literally just hit $10,000 this month. I've never made that much money in my life. Like, thank you so much. Like I can go on a vacation that I've wanted to go on since I was like a teenager and I can finally go now because I have this extra income. And I was like, wow. And all the day-to-day stuff, I feel like we forget that, um, as entrepreneurs, as people who run our own businesses, we really do impact people's lives in a way that, you know, they've been wanting since they were a teenager. So it's really cool. Like what we all do as, as an industry. Definitely. I think that's definitely true especially when you're getting caught up in trying to grow a company or, you know, trying to kind of step into something new. I think we forget, like you said, just the impact that we have on people. And that's incredible for your client that you helped her get to that place. I know that's a good feeling for you. Oh, absolutely. It helps me kind of bring myself out of like 
the day-to-day like checking off boxes and asana and assigning people things um, to really just like think about like wow what we do is super super cool definitely so let's dive right in because I have tons of questions and I'm sure our audience can relate to some of these. So let's start with the basics. What is influencer marketing? So I know you've talked about working with influencers. We hear that word all of the time, but what does it actually mean to be an influencer? Sure. So I think that obviously all of these definitions are loose and in a way just my opinion, but I think an influencer is anyone who creates content on a platform, um, size to me doesn't matter, follower count doesn't matter, but it's someone who creates content on a specific platform to reach a large audience. That would be like my rough definition. Um, And then influencer marketing really, um, I think encompasses the brand side of things. So brands using people with those platforms to um, gain traction, gain awareness, drive product sales, um, basically have them be an extension of their, their marketing department. I think that's what influencer marketing really is. So we as normal consumers see it in the ads on Instagram from bloggers that we follow. We see it in sponsorships on YouTube. If you're watching one of your favorite YouTubers and they say this um, video was in partnership with Too Faced Cosmetics or something like that. I think we see it a lot more every day than we think we do. Um, But yeah, that's how I would define it at a, at a pretty basic level. Gotcha. So With that, what do you have to have to be considered an influencer? Is there a certain, I know I hear people all the time, they're like, oh, I want to be an influencer, but they have no idea like what kind of following you need to have, what platform you need to be on. So can you just talk a little about about what the brands are looking for and what you really need to have to make that happen? Yeah. So number one, I think that there are so many avenues um, for influencers and that's what I think is really cool and exciting because there are so, so many ways that you can make a career out of being an influencer. The most basic is, you know, obviously living on YouTube or Instagram. Those are two very hot, popular ones right now. Being a YouTuber or being a blogger who has a large majority of their audience on Instagram. I don't think that a follower count is necessarily a requirement. A lot of people ask me, you know, at what follower stage am I considered an influencer? And in my opinion, you can consider yourself an influencer at day one of starting your Instagram account. If your long-term goal is to build an audience, create valuable content, create cool content for them and things like that. Um, So I think that's what you need in terms of kind of the mindset and skills you need. I think that you have to be committed. And I think that you have to focus on the long term. A lot of people will email me or Instagram DM me and say, you know, I want to quit my job and be a full-time influencer by like next month. And while some people can do that, I guess if they go viral or something like that for 95% of influencers, I know that's not how it works. It is a long game, but I think the cool thing is that also a lot of people say, Oh, you know, influencer marketing is over. And I want to be like, it has literally just started. Like, I think we have just scratched the surface of what brands will do with influencers. It's been proven to be so effective. Um, There's a statistic that for every dollar brands invest in influencer marketing, they get back back $6 typically. And you don't even hear rates like that really with Facebook ads or really any other kind of advertising. So I think that influencer marketing is really just getting started. 
So I think that you have to have that long-term in mind. You have to build this community from the ground up. You have to build your platforms from the ground up and you have to be committed to kind of putting in some grunt work now to, to make that audience um, larger and not profitable, but you know, something that brands would want access to in the future. Right. You mentioned that you don't necessarily have to have a certain following, which is great for our audience, but what is a micro influencer? We've heard that term thrown around a lot. So what's the difference or is there a difference between a micro influencer and just a regular influencer? Uh, Totally. So I think that I kind of categorize it in my mind with mega and then micro and then nano. Um, nano is a nano influencers are a new term that kind of popped up at the end of like 2018, maybe like mid 2018. I started seeing it pop up. Micro influencer is a little bit more standard. And then a a mega influencer is just kind of like my term for large kind of like celebrity accounts. Um, really like over 500,000 is how I categorize it in my mind. Um, sorry, actually over a hundred thousand is mega to me below that is micro down to about 10. And I believe I categorize under 10 as a nano influencer. Again, that's just my rough kind of categorization because you could ask anyone and they would give you like a different follower count. But overall, um, the usual industry standard between all of us is that between 10,000 and, um, 50,000 is a micro influencer. So if you're living somewhere under a hundred thousand Instagram followers, a lot of times you're, you might get termed a micro influencer, if that makes sense. It does. And that's interesting. I hadn't heard the term nano influencer before. So that's new. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's a new one um, that I think I first saw on ad week, like mid to late last year. And I was like, oh gosh, another term now that we're going to have to explain and go over it. <laughs> right. So many terms. So many terms. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's kind of nice to have these different terms because I think people sometimes want clarity on who they are, what they are. As much as we say we don't want to put ourselves in boxes, I think sometimes people want a box a little bit. Like, what am I? What do I call myself? And the answer is really, you can, you can call yourself whatever you want. Um, but it's just sometimes nice to know at least a semi rough industry standard. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what most people are looking for. I feel like, I mean, even when I first heard the term influencer, I was like, what is that? What does that actually mean? And, you know, I know we've got a lot, that's why I asked you what is influencer marketing? Because I know we have a lot of people who they're constantly hearing people around them talk about being an influencer, but I think it's just one of those sort of hot topic words that have caught on and people sometimes say it without even really realizing what it is. So I'm glad that you kind of broke that down and and even introduced us to nano influencers. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that people kind of outside our industry will never really understand what an influencer is or what an influencer does. I feel like there is still like, as you know, America overall or the world overall, there is a lot of confusion on like what an influencer is. Um, Cause I get a lot of like friends and family who know nothing about this industry and they're like, so influencers are like on Facebook, right? And I'm just like, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's pretty much it. So I think if you can operate with those definitions in, in your mind and kind of like have some flexibility to that, you know, follower counts and things like that are so subject to change basically. And this industry moves so fast that, that do the best you can to like keep up with the terminology, but, but don't stress over it. Right. That's definitely good advice. I love it. So what's the process for actually partnering with a brand? So let's say that, you know, somebody's pretty comfortable with their following. They know that they have an audience and now they're ready to start partnering up. 
what's that look like for actually finding a brand to partner with and letting them know that you want to partner with them? Totally. So what I have basically kind of developed for like my own brand over the last like year and a half is a framework. Um, and this has given like me as a business owner, a lot of clarity on how to even answer this question. And it also gives influencers and creators a, a framework to lean on. Um, if you have a social media following and you feel like you kind of want to start this journey of partnering with brands, um, and you kind of want to start it yourself by being proactive and reaching out, the first step is literally to pitch yourself. Um, I call this part like pitching like a publicist because I like to think about pitching a lot differently than just grabbing a template off of like Pinterest or Google or sending something out. Also, because when I was on the brand side, I saw so many just rough pitches sent my way that gave me like no info, did not tell me a single thing that I needed to hear. Um, just all around, like gave me no info, did not encourage me to respond to them. They just kind of fell flat and like went in the trash. So I first think that you need a strong foundation for pitching yourself if that's something you're going to do. Um, the second part of the framework that I teach with clients and things like that is pricing like a business. So instead of just a lot of influencers just throw pricing against the wall, kind of like spaghetti methods, see what sticks, see what doesn't, see what works. Um, when in reality, if you want to operate as a long-term career in the influencer world, you need to price like a business, which means you have like consistent, um, flexible and custom pricing to lean on. Third part that you kind of need to learn how to tackle is negotiation. This is a part where I think a lot of um, partnerships fall flat. So if you are an influencer and you have gotten, you know, you've gotten an offer from a brand or you actually maybe reached out to someone at one point and got a positive response and started communicating with them, this negotiation phase um, is usually where I see like partnerships break down from, you know, pitching to signing a contract. There's just a lot of things that go into this phase. I'm sure that if you've like worked with clients or something like that, something more service-based, you know the negotiation phase is tricky to navigate. Um, so I call this this phase negotiating like a godfather, which is basically um, being really kind, but also being really firm about what you stand for, what you want. And there's so many strategies that you can use inside of that. So that's kind of the pitching, pricing, and negotiating framework that I always lean on um, to kind of get influencers started and, and starting that process of working with brands. Gotcha. So do you recommend, you know, just finding brands that you like and that you like to use or, you know, you like their product or is there a certain platform or service that you think people should go through to find those brands who are willing to partner with influencers? It, totally. So I think that what you said of, you know, what brands do you like using? That is your, your easiest hit your, your lowest hanging fruit, even though I hate that phrase, that, that's your easiest one to get, um, or at least start. If you love aloe yoga, yoga pants, it is easy to email them and say, I love your stuff. Would you like to partner together? Um, so literally as simple as like making a list of brands that you use on an everyday basis that you love that you've used for years. Um, for me, um, like what would come to my mind is a lot of like skincare. I love skincare. That is an easy thing for me to talk about an easy thing that I'm like passionate about. If you like, if I talk to someone about sunscreen or like serums, I, I love talking about that stuff. So an easy one for me would be to reach out to like Sunday Riley or SkinCeuticals or Drunk Elephant or something like that. 
that would be an obvious one for me. So just really thinking about, like you said, those brands that you love that you use on an everyday basis. As far as like platforms and services, there's honestly not anything good for like a, a huge list of like brands that work with influencers. I don't know if that exists. I haven't come across it. It might in like the depths of the internet, but I just haven't seen it. So finding these brands is a lot of legwork. Um, if you are a larger influencer, sometimes you get a lot of offers to your email and your Instagram. So they kind of find you, but if you're just starting out, it is going to be some legwork to find brands that you love, email them, pitch them, etc. That makes sense. You've mentioned a couple times pitching. So can we just talk about that for a second? What's your advice on actually pitching to the brand? Is there anything specific that needs to be included? Is there anything we should avoid saying? You know, how do we actually craft that pitch to make the brand want to work with us? Totally. So it has to be like a more strategic pitch, in my opinion. Um, a lot of times these emails that influencers send out are just like very basic, very full of irrelevant information like we don't necessarily need as a brand to know your life story of like why you got into blogging why you made a shift to youtube why you chose to talk about makeup obviously those things are semi-important but in that first pitch um i would always just see a lot of irrelevant information that i don't need to see with also like not seeing info that i did want to see so basically making sure that um, your pitch is not full of like super long stuff. We also used to get pitches that were like seven to eight paragraphs and no one is going to read that. To be completely honest, they're going to skim, try to find stuff. And if they can't find what they're looking for, it's probably going to go in the trash because it's just super long. Um, so I like to say like three paragraphs is a really good length to be around. And yeah, so avoiding something super long, avoiding something with tons of irrelevant info that that is just again like a life story thing a whole lead up to why you started your blog um it needs to dive in quicker um if you're familiar with like video editing or anything like that in video editing you talk about um pacing so the pacing of your pitch email needs to kind of move fast deliver that info and then wrap up uh really quickly so yeah that would be my that would be my pitching advice yeah that's awesome so what's the benefit of working with a publicist? So I know that you do a lot of PR for bloggers and influencers. Yeah. So what exactly do you do and why do you think that benefits influencers? Why would they be better off hiring a publicist like yourself instead of just trying to find these brands and pitch to them themselves? And totally. So I have kind of blended the word publicist. Um, traditionally, it more means someone who's going to pitch you to the media, pitch you to journalists, TV stations, magazines, things like that. That's like that true traditional um, PR and like publicity. If you asked someone for like a definition, um, I try to add in now because I think that so much of what influencers do is not necessarily wanting magazine placements or um, press and things like that. A lot of what they do want is that work with brands. So I basically make made my business like a hybrid of the two. Um, and in terms of hiring a publicist, that is a little bit more advanced in my opinion. If you want media placements and things like that, you do need to be at a certain level that a, that a magazine or an online publication is going to want to cover you. If you're just starting out, a publicist to pitch to media is probably not going to be effective for you. 
So when I do more traditional like publicist work, it is with larger influencers who want um, book deals or they want like high profile write-ups in large magazines. They might want to get something in print. They basically have a lot more to work with. Um, if that answers your question on that, I don't think that many influencers are at a stage where they need a publicist like that. A lot of people want it a lot sooner than I think is necessary. Um, cause at a certain point, a publicist needs something to work with. And if it's working with media and working with journalists and things like that, you have to have something to pitch basically. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I feel like this has answered a lot of questions, but do you have any just sort of last advice for, you know, anybody who's wanting to kind of dip their toes in influencer marketing or um, even, you know, if there's like somebody who has a brand that's listening to this, who's maybe looking for influencers, do you have any sort of last minute advice for them? Yeah. So I think the best thing that you can do is just start it. Just if you want to pitch to brands, don't freak out about it too much. Literally just send the email. Um, I talk to so many people who get caught up in this like forever stage of, you know, I'm going to reach out when I have 50,000 followers or I'll start working with brands when I have 30,000 YouTube subscribers. It always feels like there's a, um, like a waiting point that they're waiting for, um, to get to. So I would encourage anyone who is wanting to work with brands and they have some sort of social media following and they want to just go ahead and see what happens. Go ahead and send those pitches out and just see what the response is. Um, you can learn how to go from there and test and tweak all of your strategies, but you just got to get started. Um, same thing for if you are operating a business that has like physical products or even digital products and you want to use influencers, I think the best thing that you could do would, would be to narrow in on like five to 10 influencers that you really like, that you really think encompass your brand very well. I think a lot of brands, um, I don't know how much you follow, like Emily Lay, she has like simplified planners. Um, they're really beautiful, classic, very chic day planners. And she has partnered with influencers before. And when I see her do that, um, it is such a seamless partnership. It looks so natural. It looks um, just so organic. The, her products fit in beautifully with their Instagram feed, with the content they already create. So if you're a brand looking for influencers, really think about who you would want to speak about your brand, who would make total sense. Because um, you want that aesthetic and messaging to kind of match up. And I would say literally um, start by making a list, reach out, see what that influencer is interested in. Um, being aware that a lot of influencers these days are getting more, uh, like more insistent on payment, which I think is definitely more than fair considering the, the value that they bring. So if you can set aside some budget for, um, influencer marketing as a brand, uh, I think you'll see a lot of results from it. Awesome. Yeah. Such great advice. And I think this has been a great conversation for anybody who's kind of stepping into that world or even you know, is already in it, but really isn't getting the partnerships that they want. So I think this has been really great advice for them. Yeah, totally. I, I definitely think that remembering it's a long game, remembering that if you're like, I want to quit my full-time job, or if I want to make $10,000 by next week, it's going to be a little bit hard. So that's not an unattainable goal. But um, if you can think long-term, six months, a year out, a year and a half, if you can really get into that, that mindset of this is going to be a long-term thing for you, you'll be able to kind of tackle, I think, the hard part of getting started. And then I think you'll see a lot of results. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, at the end of every episode, I do a quick little lightning round and it's just some fun questions that I'm going to have you answer. So are you ready? Yes, go for it. All right. What is the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, the first thing that I do is walk my dogs. I wish I had something fancier to tell you, but I try to walk my dogs immediately so they don't have accidents in the house. No, that's awesome. I'm a dog person too, so I love it. Yeah, you know how important like that first like 30 minutes of like got to get your dogs outside, got to get them out, all of that. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, what is the last book that you read? Oh my gosh. I love reading. Um, so I actually read like two books a week and sometimes they're more like formal business books. Um, and a lot of times they're like these really cheesy young adult fantasy books. Cause I, I grew up during like a twilight phase of the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's like my also embarrassing fact that I had a Twilight poster on my wall when I was growing up. Um, but I love reading. So I actually read a lot of books. If I had like a good, like business book recommendation, um, I really enjoy the book traction. If you like live in this entrepreneur space, you might have heard of it before. Basically it's like a operating system for running an entrepreneurial business. I really, really like that book. It's helped me sort some things out business-wise um, and kind of clarify what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, all of that good stuff. That's so cool. I've actually, I've heard of Traction, but I've never read it. So I may have to check that out now. Yeah. It's kind of like I am in a group coaching program and whenever anyone would ask anything like team related, um, like vision related, systems related, people would always be like, have you read the book Traction? So like, I was like, fine, I'm reading it. Um, and it's definitely a little bit of like a heavier lift. Um, it takes some thought. It's not, you know, an easy digestible read, but um, it's really fun and they have so many great resources. So I do highly recommend Traction. It's really cool. Awesome. All right. Well, what is one item or product that you recommend to everybody? So it can be absolutely anything. Um, oh gosh. I think if I had to recommend like a practical product, it would be Asana. I love Asana. I recently literally switched from Trello to Asana in terms of project management systems. And it was a huge mental deal because I was always like such a Trello fanatic. Um, but I switched to Asana and I've been on it like a week Love it. I'm sure a lot of you guys use it or are familiar with it, but um, I highly recommend that product. I don't think I could run my business without it. That's a good one. Yeah. I've always heard great things about it. I'm a Trello user too. So, but I've always heard great things about Asana. Yeah. I was such a diehard Trello person. And then like, it just kind of stopped doing some things I needed it to do. I needed like a little bit more tech and Trello was just not delivering it. So I had to make the jump to Asana, which was kind of sad, but I will say kind of don't miss Trello and I kind of love Asana. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Last question. What is either your favorite quote or the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my favorite quote, hands down, is whether you think you can or you can't, you're right um, by Henry Ford. And I just think that literally sums up every mindset quote, every business quote you could ever ask for. But um, really like placing that importance on like, if you think you can, you're right. And if you think you can't, then you're also right. I just think it's like such a nice quick quote. I love that one. That's so good. So, so good. Yeah. It, it stayed on my LinkedIn for like six years now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love it. It's never going to be deleted. I think it definitely sums up, like you said, any mindset kind Mm -hmm. of quote and any, especially for entrepreneurs and influencers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. So give everybody your social media links, your website, tell them where they can find you. Yeah. So if you guys want to tag me on Instagram, if you end up really liking this episode, um, it's at slightly savvy with two V's just spelled normal. Um, and then I also have my own podcast, like you mentioned, um, which is just swipe up. And if you search for that on iTunes, we talk about like PR, um, blogging, obviously Instagram, YouTube partnerships, all of that good stuff over there. Awesome. And if you guys want to look into working with Catherine and working with her PR firm, then we will definitely put the link to that in the show notes. So check that out as well. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me, Haley. This was really fun. I loved your, your ending questions. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Cause I really do think that this conversation is going to be really beneficial to people who maybe aren't really sure what influencer marketing is, or maybe they're just sort of dipping their toe in it. I know you definitely threw some new terms at me and answered a couple of my questions too. And I thought I had a good idea of how this works. So (laughs) I think it's definitely going to be helpful. And there's, I feel like, you know, kind of like you mentioned in the beginning, there's just not enough conversation and enough resources for the influencer side about how to actually go about working with brands. So totally really yeah. excited for everybody to hear this. Yeah. I think even like, you know, four years after me starting in this industry, there is still not a whole lot of stuff. So I think there's only room to grow for everyone in this space. And like a lot of people say there is room for everyone. So yeah, just get started. That's it for this time, ladies. But if you have just a minute, it would make my day if you would write a review and share how much you love this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the best of the best. If you're not already subscribed to the newsletter or following along on Instagram, you can find me at Haley Luckadoo on all social media and at HaleyLuckadoo.net for this episode's show notes, the blog, the shop, and pretty much all the good stuff. I'll be bringing you a new episode very soon, but until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.